from New York City. A podcast from working actors, directors, and playwrights. This is the Cry Havoc Company. Hello, and welcome to the Cry Havoc Podcast. Today around the table we have... Jenny Curlin, I'm an actor. Jen Reichert, I'm a writer. Carrie Flanagan, I'm an actor. Jennifer Kerfman, I'm an actor. And Kit Lavoy, I'm a writer and director. Uh, this is going to be the second episode in our five-part series on stages of rehearsal. Uh, we have already released an episode about table work, and this second episode is about exploration in rehearsal. Uh, later, we'll be releasing episodes on staging, the run-work section of rehearsal, and uh, working during tech and previews. Every director approaches these sections of rehearsal in a different way, sometimes doing them in a different order, sometimes not including them, some of them at all. And different actors approach each of these different phases of rehearsal differently as well. And so what we're going to be talking about today is the exploratory phase of rehearsal, what it means to us when we prefer to have it active in rehearsal, uh, and what we do in those rehearsals to make them most productive. So to start off, how do you guys define exploratory rehearsals compared to other kinds of rehearsals? I really love to start a process at the table and then work into an exploration phase with a series of questions and challenges or issues, things that I need to figure out in order to be able to move forward. Things that don't immediately connect for me, the many possibilities of, of choices I can make with my acting partner, and mostly anything that I think I'm going to need as a milepost for myself as I'm working towards putting the whole role together for the whole play. For me, the uh, just a general, the exploration stage happens at the beginning. It's the questioning. It's the trying to figure out what's happening underneath the story. And then it's just a distinct different time from when everything gets more technical. Um, structured blocking, staging, costumes, props. Um, there's a definite switch for me that happens between those two phases. I feel like it's the time in the process where I feel like it's most about me, mm-hmm. which kind of sounds silly, but it's it's the part that I can really take my time and I can work with people on how I'm working. The table work I kind of find is uh, where everyone is working together as a team and kind of asking questions and coming up with kind of a base point of where everything is or, or what things mean to everyone. Or, but I feel like in the exploratory process is really about connecting that stuff to me, and it's, it, I don't mean that to be selfish, but it's kind of my opportunity to, to get my work done. It's a great chance to collect up all of the things that work for you as an actor and then apply them later on when the process sort of expands. Yeah, I think for me, both when I'm acting and when I'm directing, that the exploratory phase is really about, when I'm acting, exploring my relationship to the material so that I will have a clear sense of where I connect up to things when I'm actually up on my feet and working and talking with another actor, not just another actor, but actually the other actor that I'm going to be working with. And as a director, I really also look at it as an opportunity 
to allow the actors to find out where they connect to the play, for me to see how different parts of the play are going to wear on this particular group of actors, and also, candidly, to try to steer the actors to finding the ways in which they connect the material in ways that are going to be helpful to the specific production of the play that we are going to be doing. And, uh, you know, it just really provides an opportunity for everyone to really walk into the next phases of rehearsal ready to work and ready to work from where they connect most strongly to the play rather than, it's one of the things that you can certainly walk out of uh, table work with ideas about how you are going to connect to things but it really is an opportunity for you to test out whether those things connect the way you think they're going to to find ways that things that you don't know yet how they're going to connect for you will connect for you and to get you ready to start really making choices uh, both as an actor and as a director about how this story that you're telling is going to be best told with this specific constellation of people. Uh, candidly, this is something that uh, not all directors save time for in rehearsal process. Um, there are many directors who go directly from table work to uh, blocking or some directors who block on the first day of rehearsal. Um, for me, I like to work at the table and then uh, spend about 20% of the process, whatever it's going to be, first at the table and then the next 20% with the opportunity to get up to try things without yet having uh, the play blocked, without necessarily having made uh, precise, clear choices, uh, but so we can see how things are going uh, to work. What have your guys' experiences been as actors in terms of A, where in the process you prefer exploration to come, but also your experience of how often are you given time to explore? <clears throat> well, I was going to say that I love the part for two reasons, what, what happens in the room and the things you can find out about the other actors, about yourself, your relationship to the material. But I mostly love that part of the process for when I'm home and not in the rehearsal room because I try to look at the world through that filter and just start to re-engage my own world through the filter of what this character goes through. And I learn a lot about the play that way and I find that that is useful being able to do that is useful because in the majority of the time in my experience I've not been given as much time with that in professional settings they try, depending on the situation they kind of want to get right into the the structure and the the how this thing is going to look on its feet you said that in most of your professional situations you haven't had uh, the opportunity to have a specific exploratory uh, section of rehearsal. But for you, Carrie, and for the rest of you, how much does it help you and how much benefit do you think uh, you'll be able to give the director if you are able to have that time to work, not just on your own at home, but actually with the other actors in rehearsal? I mean, I, I, think, I think some time needs to be put on that. I, I, I think, just because you not only explore the work in a way that you understand it maybe more than you would have initially or would have ever gotten the chance to, but also in the meantime you're developing a relationship with these other actors and um, that can only translate once you get up on your feet and start. I think, it, I think it makes it, I personally think it would make a director's life easier, but that's just 
from my perspective? I think um, you also asked about at what point in the process we like to to do this work. I, I really like to do it as early in the process as possible, but I, I'm also, my, my process takes me a while. So I'm, I'm really am looking at a long game of, of putting the, the character and the role together. And I, I think I work the same way a little bit later in the process as well. And that to me is exactly the way that I am useful to the director, um, which, which makes it a, a flexible timing for me in terms of where it fits into rehearsal. Because if a director wants to stage the play earlier in the process or there are many, many actors in the, the play, or I've even stepped into plays where you're, you're stepping into something that has been ongoing um, before you got there. And to be able to have the time to explore, even if you've done it in the context of the staging, gives me the chance to incorporate all the information I have so far and dig deeper into it to find what, what really resonates and works for me so that I can take the guidance of the director and um, expand on that. And I feel like that I, I, I'm, I can offer that to the director at whatever point in the process it happens, but it needs to happen. Well, I think the a key word you said was uh, flexible. Like you, as the actor, do have to be a little flexible with your points of exploration. I think I've been in shows where I, like you said, have uh, stepped right into a we are blocking Act One, we are blocking Act Two, we are, and then so then I just you know observe what I can and try to figure it out. But a lot what a lot of my exploration in situations like that end up happening when props and costumes are introduced. I start coming at it from that direction. Oh, this is what I wear every day. That's interesting. What does that say? You know, and I like to do that anyway, but that is very helpful if you're not given that initial exploration. I really am a fan of having a time to explore before the show is staged for a couple of reasons. One of which is, well, all of which really comes back to the idea that you want to have as rich and dynamic a production as possible. You don't want to paint by numbers. You don't want to ask the ask the actors to be filling in a justification simply for the directors, the idea that the director had at home. Because I'm a director, I spend a huge amount of time preparing to come into rehearsal, and candidly, I think I have very good ideas when I'm at home. That said. I have never had a rehearsal process where when the actors are free to explore, they don't come up with, in some places, even more dynamic ways to express ideas, or ways that when combined with the idea that I walked in with is much more dynamic. And to have that opportunity, again, you want to be doing the show with the actors that you have who are going to connect to different parts of the performance, are going to connect to different things in the character, are going to connect to different things about the other actors in the room. And you as a director, rather than asking them to shape themselves to the idea you have at home, you want to let them run like thoroughbreds and then harness what they bring to the room. It's your job as a director to harness it and to focus it but you're going to get much more powerful performances out of people if you're shaping it out of what they are naturally connecting to what is going on. So when it gets into time to stage things, if I've been able to see this moment of tenderness, which I imagined being 
he puts his arm around her actually manifests itself by he gently traces the arc of her eyebrow, which I never would have thought of, but my God, on that actor and that actress, that's the, a beautiful way to express it, to give the room for that to happen so I can incorporate it into the play. But also, I find you get much more dynamic performances out of rather than saying, this is the way you move around the stage, now fill it with something. To let the actors fill themselves to overflowing and then contract their options and say, okay, now fit all of that into go to him on this line. And I find that there's still the justification, but it's not just the justification of how do I do the thing the director wanted me to do, but it's how do I fit all of this stuff that I have discovered is important to me into the specific behavior that the act that the director is asking me to enact. I, I just think that it is just something I, I just so heartfeltedly advise to directors in terms of, I mean, it's something that we have talked about uh, in the past for actors about you have to, over your career, learn your instrument so you can play it the way that it's meant to be played. That a song can be the exact same song but it's going to sound different on a flute than it does on a saxophone and you need to know, are you playing a flute or are you playing a saxophone? It's the same thing as a director. You need the actors that you're working with on a given production are the instruments that you have to play this show and you want to see, you know, is Carrie a flute or is she a saxophone? Because it doesn't do me a lot of good to try to play her as a saxophone if she's a flute. I think the exploratory phase is uh, quite different for me as a writer, as it seems to be for you guys as actors and directors. Because where you, where you spend the time connecting to the piece, I am on the I find it to be the most roller coaster section for me to veer wildly from like oh wow yes I never thought of that to oh no oh no oh no don't do that but all on the inside and keeping my face perfectly still so that I let them do the exploration without interfering with it but just you, you have I mean it's something that I'm I'm going through and learning is like how 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 to allow exploration to um, you know, c create growth without intervening to its detriment. And so I think also in the exploration phase might come a part, a part where my help is required to address something, but I think it comes late in the exploration period, if at all, in that section. And so it's, it's mostly a part where I'm quiet, where I might be a resource occasionally, but I, I, it's mostly my time to step aside and, and observe what's happening and how it lands and how it doesn't and what, uh, what that does if you try it that way. And, you know, in the same way that, but it's in, in a sense, I might be filing it for a future production depending on what the purpose of the production is if it's a workshop if it's you know it's supposed to be finished it's for a festival or something that where I'm not changing anything ever during this run but whether it's you know for a week from now I might do a small rewrite there or the next time we do this I think I might need to rewrite this whole section or change that character to be something else exploration is the is a very changing day-to-day 
experience from moment to moment, not even day to day. It's from, you know, one run to the next. It can be highs and lows. And you are a playwright who works frequently with actors and, uh, you know, were an actor yourself and still mm-hmm. are to, uh, to some degree. But I know a lot of playwrights get very nervous during exploration, but it's really important that playwrights understand that actors and directors have a process, mm-hmm. that there are ways mm-hmm. in which they need to try some of the things it's not going to be to figure out what it is going to be and to figure out the reasons that it's going to be those things. And it's uh, it can be very difficult as a... It's interesting because I'm a playwright and director and I often direct things that I've written. And in that case, like, I really... I. I feel totally free to let the actors run as far as they want to run because I know what's important to me in the play and I know where I'm going to steer them ultimately. But it is, even as someone who really, really values the exploratory process, if when I've been in rehearsal processes with other directors who I don't know especially well and actors who I don't know especially well, it is a little bit nervous-making sometimes to wonder are they doing that because that's what they're planning to do or are they doing that mm-hmm. because they're trying it out to see what they learn from it? Right. You know, but I, I think that regardless of the answer to that question, if you're handing a script that you've worked on for months over to a director and actors, they're entitled to at least a few days to do their drafts mm-hmm. on the performance the same way that you've had months to do your drafts on the script. Um, and, you know, I think you need to embrace as a playwright that you wouldn't want your second draft of the play to be the thing that's being done in this production, the same way that, you know, actors are not looking for the performance that they're doing in rehearsal on the second or third day of rehearsal to be the one that they're ultimately going to do. I think there's something that you said, Jen, that um, really stood out to me about it might be a point at which your help would be required. and. My experience in acting has been that um, the more a playwright can, you said later in that process, the more a playwright can hold back and offer that help later, the more I can find a little piece, rather than trying to do the logic of the play that the playwright put on the page, I'm looking for the logic of the play that is my logic of the play. Yeah, and that's what I want, is I want the actor to find the way to do what I think the play is, um, I don't necessarily want to hand it to them in chunks so that they just build it out of what I told them. I want them to feel it as a person the way that the character would. And so you do have to let that come to it. I mean, hopefully it does over the course of the exploration come to that. But it is the period where you can feel the most that people don't understand and you have to not not that it's possible that they don't but you have to allow that just because someone is trying something doesn't mean they don't like it's different than when you're around a table or when when the director is like giving something specific then you could say they do or they do not understand in exploration it might be coming at it from a different direction, and it's it's not that they suddenly don't care what your play is about. It's it's just they're you have to try the things out. And sometimes the answer is they don't understand yet. 
but this is going to be the process by which they come to their understanding of the play. Mm -hmm. You know, which is really critical that there's, um, you know, that uh, an actor or director doesn't have to have the exact same understanding of a moment that the playwright has of the moment, even in order to be sure that it plays just the way the playwright wants it to play. You know, that there are, you know, the, you know, we go back to the, you know, the, the same example over and over about that one person can think the scene is about losing the job and the other can person can think the most important scene is the relationship with the mother. But sometimes if the playwright thinks what's most important to me is um, the, the, the fact about the job, if that's not something that the playwright, that the actor rather can connect to, but they can get to the place the playwright needs by focusing on the mother, the playwright is, is much better served by giving the actor the opportunity to find their way into understanding the scene. Because ultimately, and we have discussed this in the past, but the audience is going to experience the play as the playwright wrote it. The specific reasons that the actor decides the character says the things that the character says won't change what the character says. I mean, that actually might get into a complicated place in rehearsal, which I have seen sometime in the exploratory place where the actor and or director then begins saying, oh, you know what, it might be better if we did it this way. That, I mean, unless it is very specifically set up as a workshop where that is part of the character of the room, that's not what exploration is for. So we've now talked a fair amount about what exactly exploratory rehearsal is and what the broad goals of exploratory rehearsals are. But as actors and directors and writers, what are you specifically, what sorts of things are you specifically looking to explore in this period of rehearsal? And what do you do in order to explore it for yourself? Um, I, and this stage of rehearsal, I like to explore all possible outcomes of the situation, not necessarily what's on the paper or how the scene ends or all, the, I like to explore all the different ways it could have gone so I'm very clear that this is the way it does, why this is the way it does go. That, and, and then, you know, the more, I think more obvious, for lack of a better word, like to, I like to explore where this person's from their history, their but their background, stuff like that. But just specifically when I'm in the room again, just the what would happen if this scene went in a totally different direction. Just see what happens. I feel like I learn a lot about why it has to happen this way. I I think I'm most interested in sorting through the possibilities of the relationship with the other characters in the play. Um, the characters I'm on stage with, as well as the characters I encounter or talk about, or other characters that are important to my character in some way. Um, I feel like that's the, the main thing for me, and, and taking this phase of rehearsal as the opportunity to really play with the other actors in the room and really learn from what I hear from them and what I observe in them and what I can do to them and whatever um, opportunities having that other living person across from me can provide. I like to explore the relationships with people in the play or people outside of the play that don't immediately trigger me in the table work. 
section of the rehearsal. So I start with kind of the unknown and kind of explore the opposite ways that those relationships might affect me or the, you know, saying, you know, this person is my best friend and we have this connection the next, the next run I'd love to try, you know, they're my worst enemy and, you know, harmed me on the playground when we were two. Like kind of, kind of doing the dual, dual exploration, which kind of, with kind of each part of that. Yeah. I think there's something about what you said about the, the questions that or the things that aren't automatically connecting for you after the table work. I, there's one actor that we all work with fairly often. Every time he and I work together, we end up in a situation where the, the thing we always can't answer right off the bat is why were these two characters ever in a relationship? And so a huge part of the exploration process every time we work together is figuring out what connects these two characters in us, how we can work together to make sense of why we wanted to be together in the first place in order that we can play the play which in the cases I'm thinking of is always about whether or not we're going to stay together. And I think the other sorts of things that you can explore, I mean relationships is a huge one, but also you can explore different circumstances that you, uh, you know, that surround the play to see what affects you. You can explore things about the space you know, what it means that it takes place here. You can even try, I mean, if you feel like the costume of the character is going to be important, you can play with different costume elements to see how that helps. If it's important that they carry a gun, you know, you can, uh, you know, if that's something that you think is important but don't yet know how to carry a gun in the scene and in the exploration and see how that works. You know, and really for me, when I'm acting, it's about really trying to find triggers, trying to find the things that are going to be my shortcut way in once it comes time to actually do the play. And again, as we've discussed in other episodes, a lot of it really has to do with, it's very surprising when you've done your work that you can find one little thing, whether it's an objective, whether it's a, an image, whether it's a sound, whether it's a thought, whether it's an idea, but something that you find that just brings all of the other work that you've done immediately to your fingertips. And so much of you know what I'm looking for in rehearsal and in, in uh, exploratory rehearsal as an actor is what are those things? What are those things that are just going to be make my emotional and intellectual constellation immediately available to me in the way that I need it to be. And, you know, that includes experimenting with my various relationships between elements of the scene and both given elements of the scene that are stayed in the scene and created elements that I have decided might be interesting to have true about this person even though it is never explicitly stated in the scene. And also I find it's helpful to experiment with the relative importance of different elements of the scene. You know, to modulate whether there's the scene where the mother and the job are both mentioned, but which is the cart and which is the horse. You know, which one is driving the other one. Because generally it's going to, you're going to be able to draw a much clearer line through your performance if rather than just having two things be true, have one thing be true and another thing be true in the context of that first thing. Well, I think what that makes me think of is stakes. 
that really ultimately what I'm looking for is what what is the main thing that I can get behind in working on this scene or playing this role the thing and the what are the little pieces that feed into that to help make sure that I know what I'm going after and I know what I have to do when it's time to do the play I think for myself as a writer I I like to my goal uh, by the end of the exploratory period is to is to see if what I've written can be can provide enough detail context whatever that's in the script to the actors and the directors to find something that is like what I intended if by the end of that I have I, I don't see any sign that anybody is getting any closer to to what I intended then it, it gives me some work to do that whether it's in this production or another one maybe to find a different uh, group eventually to collaborate with to see if it's you know just that particular set of circumstances or if it's something that's in the play itself I might go to another workshop and development uh, group and see if I, I can't figure out if it's you know what what it is that's causing this but I think my goal is to see if I've provided enough to get the my collaborators to where I intended them to get what techniques and approaches do you guys use to explore in these rehearsals? How do you approach an exploratory rehearsal to get out of it these things you're looking to get out? I generally like to approach things in the same way. In those first few rehearsals when we're just, well, ideally when we're doing table work and talking, I just like to be open to any, any and all visual images that I write down anything that comes to my head, any visual image. And then I basically go home and think think on those images more. I'm much more sensorily driven than anything. And I and it's something that has always just sort of come naturally, which I'm lucky. But um and it's and it's the thing that drives me the most. It's just any image, like if you know it, nothing silly. I'll write anything down if it flashes across my head because it's most likely gonna be useful to me later. And then I just go kind of dig up what that memory was or what that experience was, why, and try to equate why, why, why is my brain offering up that image right now? Because I clearly need it. So I try to equate what that memory of my life was to what is happening. For me, I actually find that the, I start very much with the text because what I hear, especially in the, in the course of the play, what I hear from the other actors and what I say is, is always the way in for me. And so that is the place I want to anchor my choices and my exploration. So I, I start really looking through the text, not trying to create external circumstances, but trying to take whatever imaginary things I need to do and apply them to something that happens in the words. Because then when I hear it, when I'm working and putting everything together, all of that work that I've done, it comes in through my ears as opposed to being a visual image, but it, it's, it's the anchor point for me on everything I need to get to, so it's also the anchor point on everything I need to explore. I kind of feel like I work um, similar to kind of what you guys are saying in terms of uh, you know that images are really striking for you and really helpful to, to go and kind of look for those things. And I feel like I know that's how certain things affect me. 
sometimes like certain you know certain triggers that I have and I look at the script kind of having done the table work and kind of go through and kind of you know make choices that I know will help me in the the backstory or in my relationships with the other characters and then you know if we do have uh, the point in rehearsal where we can kind of get up and explore different things I go through those things and I go through other things and really give over a whole run focusing on that specific thing to kind of see, you know, where those things trigger me, like where those things come up, because um, hopefully they'll come up in surprising ways in, in the run. And I think, I think an example of that for me, I know as an actor, I, and a person, <laughs> I love birthdays. Birthdays are very exciting for me. And so I go through and I kind of, I mean, basically every time I'm in a play, my character, it's, you know, it's their birthday or someone's forgotten a birthday or, or some, something, something is tied to birthdays for me in almost every play that I do. And I find interesting, in, interesting ways, you know, through exploration of how that comes, how that plays into the specific play that I'm working on. But it always starts with, it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think that hits on a really good point that you have to know yourself well enough to know, like with you and your birthday thing, the <laughs> which I think is great. With me, I'm somebody in the world and on stage who takes whatever I'm given as reality. Like, that, that must be what's happening because that's what's being said. So I kind of, and because I, I'm also sensory driven, I take in whatever's happening during rehearsal, like sensorily, like from the other actor. For example, you're wearing, Jenny is wearing a baseball t-shirt right now. And the whole time we've been recording, I'm thinking, Oh, that's just like my brother Jim. My brother Jim always wears baseball, always wore baseball t-shirts. And then my mind just starts reeling and going to what that relationship is and what, like, so if me and Jenny were doing a scene together and I needed, and I didn't know her from Adam, I'd be able to immediately be able to connect to her because of that visual. And I, I don't know. I just take in, I think you have to, my point is I think you have to know yourself as a person when you begin exploratory work and how, what you react to, what are your triggers, what are your... Thanks. And I think I think part of that is that in order to make exploratory work ultimately effective, you know, you need to be able to walk away with something from it. And so that idea of if you say, you know, birthdays are important to you and you know it's very helpful to you to know how a birthday fits into it, to know that you are exploring to find out how birthdays fit into it. And so that you can actually walk out with some sort of a product, with some sort of a strategy for how to approach the next uh, phase of rehearsal. And for me, you know, I mean, actually, I, I think the way I talked about it before was to say that what I like to do is to experiment with things. And I think in terms of making the exploratory phase of rehearsal into an effective one that actually has a product, I mean, I really do think about a run and a rehearsal as an experiment and you know like by the scientific method a very hypothesis based approach to um, a given run of a scene and for instance if if you say that birthdays are I want to find out how, how that my birthday is somehow important to my character in this scene that's a hypothesis 
Um, and then you're going to run experiments to find out if it's true and how it's true. And for me, you know, it really is, I really do think about it almost in exactly the same way that you write a lab report, which is that you have your hypothesis and then you have your methods, which is, okay, my hypothesis is my birthday is important to this scene. My methods this time are I'm going to work on today is my birthday and Carrie's character has forgotten it. That's my method. And then the result is the run. The result is the run. The run is, is what happens, is that's the data you have to work with based on when you've worked with that. And then the discussion is an assessment of what happened. When I work on Carrie Forgot My Birthday, I learned this line meant this very specific thing. This section of the scene meant a different thing than it had before. It took on sort of an accusatory sense, which it hadn't had before. And it made this line, which I'd barely even notice, incredibly important. And then really importantly is that the conclusion is to step back and say, okay, that's what my hypothesis was. This is what I tried. This was the run. This is what I gleaned from what resulted from it. Now I can think about what is the potential use of that to me in this play. And potential use is an important thing. It's not necessarily you're making a decision, but you're saying, okay, what I learned from that run is this part of the scene does this when I'm working on this specific thing and there really is this kind of a motor under the scene. It took a darker turn. It was a much lighter scene. It was whatever when I was working on that thing. And so I know if I want this beat to be about that, this is useful to me. If I want this scene to have this kind of tone, this thing that I worked on this time worked for me. And literally to keep a lab book on it. You know, to keep your notes on this is what I tried, this is what happened, this is how it might be useful. And then when it comes time in the later phases of rehearsal, when it comes time to actually build your product, when it comes to actually, you can go back to your lab book and you can say, okay, my director wants this kind of engine under the scene and he wants us to be very close and intimate during this part of it. What did I, what experiments that I ran during the exploratory phase will point me in a direction of how to do that. And on the other side of it, when you're directing, that is incredibly useful information as well to find out when you see a choice on an actor that lines up with the, the work you're doing um, and the way you're guiding them to work to be able to understand what they were working on so you can speak to them in their language about exactly that thing that they've discovered so that when it comes time to say you know we need to, to work on this section more in this way. You know what choice they made that brought them to the place you need them to be. Yeah, and I mean, frankly, I also think about it in almost exactly the same terms when I'm directing, you know, is that I, I like to speak to the actors before a run in exploratory rehearsals, either just so I know what I'm looking at. You know, what do you want to explore this time through so I'll know what I'm looking at and so I can keep my own lab book, as you said. And sometimes, um, you know, if there are things in the scene that I think are important to explore that have not yet been explored, I might give them an adjustment. I might try to help them shape the thing that they wanted to work on. I might give them something to work on myself that isn't going to tell them, make it darker, make it lighter, be angrier. But is going to be based on the work I've seen them do so far 
if I give them this adjustment to their circumstances, if I ask them to try this objective, if I give them um, an adjustment to something in their relationship with one of the other characters, I think that it's going to end up taking them in this direction. That's your hypothesis. It doesn't always. Sometimes what you learn is your hypothesis was incorrect. And that's a valuable thing to find also. Um, but even in those cases, generally, even if you don't find what you were expecting to find, you still find something else that's valuable. You know, and again, something I, we've, we've talked about that about before, about just exploration as a concept, is Gene Lasko, uh, one of our uh, the teachers to several of us, used to say is that uh, Christopher Columbus was an explorer, but he knew what he was looking for. And that idea, he didn't find what he was looking for. He was looking for a route to India, and instead he found the New World. But, you know, he just would have been floating around off the coast of Portugal if he hadn't decided to set off for India. You know, and I think that that's just a really important thing, you know, when you're exploring, is it's not just, oh, good, we have time to try the scene over and over and see what happens, but rather we have the time to try the scene this time with this very specific angle on it, to see what happens. And then we have time to try it with this very different angle on it to see what happens. Again, for me, explore, at the exploratory part of rehearsal is really about learning about your relationship to the scene rather than learning about what the scene is supposed to be or necessarily learning about exactly the way it's going to go down. As a matter of fact, as a director, something that I very specifically try to do to keep people from trying to nail down a performance or things is I set up the room in a different way than the set is going to be set. So there isn't the opportunity to, oh, and then I'll go to the couch to the right of him because the couch isn't going to be to the right of him, but you certainly can go to the couch you know, if that's something that, that you find useful. You know, and, and similarly, frankly, I really, if we're doing a show in a proscenium setting, I set up chairs around the room and have myself seated in one area of the room and the, act, and the stage manager seated in another area of the room and the actors aren't working in another area of the room so that the actors, again, aren't trying to do their performance but are rather in a space with the other actors exploring the circumstances of the scene and their relationships with the other people without, frankly, the opportunity yet to begin setting a performance. Hmm. What is it that you guys are looking to have by the end of the exploratory phase of rehearsal? I think at the end of exploration, I want to be I want to have a good sense of some choices that really connect for me so that as we step into the staging process or the run, you know, running through the play or the scenes, I, I want to have a pretty good idea of what I think are, is going to work for me and what I think are the, the pieces that I'm now going to build in place so that we can move into the next stage of starting to set some choices and set where I'm going to be on stage and I can start to put everything all together. And I think for me, um, as an actor, a big part of that is to walk out with my list of triggers, the things that I, I've discovered are going to be my shortcuts into important things in the scene. And hopefully um, what is going to be the motor for the scene is really what is the big fundamental choice that really gives the scene the color that it wants to have. And I, and I actually mean that 
Well, in part, if the director is saying, yes, that's the flavor that I want this scene to have, that's helpful to know. Or for myself, sort of like the prism through which when I look at the scene, it makes the scene make sense as a whole to me. So again, that idea of having the thing that sort of is going to be the through line for my performance, plus a lot of information about how I connect to all of the things that are going to hang off of that through line. And as a director, you know, I want to have a sense of the answers to those questions for each of the actors so I can work with them on their own terms moving forward. And also, I really want to walk away because for me, at least, the next phase of rehearsal is staging. You know, I want to walk away with a real sense of what are the physical dynamics that are going to be useful tools for me to tell the story with these actors. Again, because you may find these are actors that are most powerful when they're on the opposite sides of the room with each other, or they're actors that are most powerful when they're right next to each other. And that's a really helpful thing to know when it, you're getting into staging. You know, so really for me, I mean, looking forward to the next phase, as a director, I want to be ready to get much more physically specific about how we're going to tell the story of this play. And as an actor, I want to have as many tools as possible to justify the choices for physical storytelling that the director is going to give me. But again, rather than just having to justify them from scratch, to have tools that I have discovered about my basic attachment to the elements in this play that I can use to fit within the storytell physical storytelling structure that the director gives. Um, which actually leads, I suppose, to an important question, um, which is that theater is a collaborative art and a exploratory rehearsal is an exploration for the actor and for the director and for the playwright of the playwriters in the room, conceivably also for some of the designers um, about ways that they want certain elements of their design to work. And so what is it when you're in an exploratory rehearsal that you are looking for from your collaborators? I look for, from my collaborators, I look for the, the moments of inspiration, the moments of excitement, and uh, the moments of connection that are discovered in exploration. Uh, you know, that's, that's my feedback loop because I'm not trying anything myself at that moment. I'm just observing. So what I look for is to hear about and to see what the effect was in a particular moment with a particular approach. So I try to see, see and hear what actually happened and what, what made the play come alive in a sense in, in a particular, over the course of the exploratory period. I like to have a collection of those things to say like this actor found this, this actor found that, the director learned this and these are the things that really move them and excite them and inspire them to go forward. I also probably learn some of the negative things, like this seems like a a dead area or something. So it's not it's not all positive things, but I it's definitely like with those extremes. Like I I learn what what really excites and what really confuses from my collaborators. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's actually something that I think a playwright can really do. We've, we've mentioned this in, in the past, I think, uh, when we talk about the playwright in the room. But to respect the exploratory time that actors have as creating some work product that is theirs alone, that actors need secrets, and it is something that I think happens fairly often, and I think that playwrights think they're helping when they overhear an actor talking to a director about, I found this thing about this trip that I took with him to SeaWorld five years ago, that I just have that choice and it really helps to clarify what's going on in the scene, and the playwright then wants to write the trip to SeaWorld into the play, where in fact it's something that the actor has found through exploration they want to have as a created circumstance rather than as a given circumstance. I think when I'm in this phase of rehearsal, I'm looking for different things from different collaborators, of course. Um, probably in my acting partners, I'm looking for similar things that I'm trying to find for myself. I'm looking for the triggers of, <laughs> I'm looking for my, act, my scene partner's triggers so that I also can really play the play with them. And I know which, almost which buttons to push in, in the other actors. And I know the way that we alone can work together. Um, that, you know, what's unique about the dynamic of working together. And I think from, um, from the director, I'm looking for the almost permission to have this, have this time to explore and to take some ownership of some of these choices. But I'm also trusting that the director has an eye on how it's gonna fit into everything that's bigger than I am in term, in the play. So that as I'm working on things that are, are my own and my own way in, I also can trust that the director is giving me some guidance, whether I can see it completely or not, giving me some guidance about where I'm finding things that are useful to the play that we're doing together. What I'm mostly looking for is just everyone else's willingness to explore because otherwise I could just sit at home and imagine these things. But it's everyone else being willing to play the game that leads to better ideas, I think. Yeah, and I think, I think for me that means in the different places, I mean, to be very simple about it, when I'm an actor, what I want from my fellow actors is a challenge. You know, I want somebody who's going to push back against me with what they're working on because that's going to force me to really engage the work that I'm working on. As an actor for a director, I also want a challenge, but I also want the freedom to address that challenge the way I need to. I can learn a lot about the production that we're aiming to do uh, from the challenges that a director lays out in front of me, and candidly, something that I would like to know from a director in the form of the challenges that they're laying out for me is what are the things that are going to be useful for me to explore in the production that they are shooting to do. That if they want this production, that they want the family relationship to be really central to, the, to this particular production, I would like to know that either by being told that and or being given um, adjustments in the uh, exploratory part of rehearsal that's going to steer me towards exploring my relationship to those things. Again, not that's about telling me what it's supposed to be, but at least is 
putting my head in the right place so that I am building up tools that are going to be useful for me in the production we're ultimately going to put together. And as a director, what I'm really looking for from the actors is, like you said, Jen, a commitment both to the process as a whole that they are here to explore for these days and also real commitment to the specific choices they're making. You know, that, I, that if they are exploring something specific in a run, to really see it through so that they and I can learn about what the impact of that is on their relationship to this scene. And I also do think it's really important for directors who again ultimately are going to be shaping the process and deciding what's done that even if you don't want to have a section of rehearsal that is set aside for exploration that you at least give the actors some real opportunities to try things and whatever that means. Um, but actors have their own processes. Uh, part of an actor's job is to develop within their process flexibility to work within different rehearsal scenarios. But ultimately, a director is going to be much, much better served by their actors if they give them freedom to not, from day one through day opening, to be trying to execute what the director needs them to do all the time. That sometimes actors need the opportunity to feel their own way through a scene. If an actor asks if they can have a chance, I know we've blocked it, but can we try the scene without the blocking once and see what happens, let them do it. If they're asking for it, it's because they know their process will benefit from it, that they're, everyone's there for the same reason, to put together a terrific show. And if they're asking for that, it's a very reasonable thing to give over a run to, and you'll be very glad that you did. And also, as an actor, you're entitled. It is your time, too. You're entitled to ask for what you need in rehearsal. And also to be understanding. I mean, there certainly are times where it's like we have a full-length play and we have seven days to put it together, we have to be really judicious in what we give time to. But also there are times where one run without the blocking is going to bring the actor a full day ahead of rehearsal, the way that rehearsal is happening, and it might be really worthwhile. And candidly, even if the actors don't ask, it is very helpful for the director. And again, if the director finds it helpful to stage first because that's their process, then that's a reasonable thing for them to want to do. But it is still very important and very helpful, I think, to at some point in the process ask the actors what they need. Is there anything we can be doing to help you do the work that you need to be doing? And even just setting aside one day of rehearsal at almost any point in rehearsal where you know what today is going to be about and I'm going to let the actors know ahead of time what today is going to be about is letting the actors try the things they need to try to connect up organically to the material in the room with the other actors. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good place to wrap up. If you're interested in learning more about the Cry Havoc Company, 
about our programs, about our public events, uh, about our education opportunities, uh, and about supporting the work of the company, visit www.cryhavacompany.org. Uh, if you like the podcast, like what you're hearing, and would like to let other people know it's out there, uh, please tell your friends and colleagues. And also, you can go to iTunes and give us stars and write a review. And if you're not subscribed, you can subscribe there for free. You can find us on Facebook as the Cry Havoc Company or follow us on Twitter at Cry Havoc NYC. If you have any thoughts, comments, or questions about the podcast, you can email us at podcast at cryhavocompany.org. So for myself, Jen, Jenny, Kerry, Jen, and everyone at the Cry Havoc Company, thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. You can learn more about the Cry Havoc Company at cryhavoccompany.org. Questions or comments can be sent to podcasts at cryhavoccompany.org. All music from this show came from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe.